1: Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Zupreme, and you're listening to podcast number five. Our second part, we're going to talk today about uh, going to the veterinarian with your bird. Um, We did talk about this a little bit before, but I wanted to focus today a little bit more on when do you know your bird should go to the veterinarian. Uh, We talked about preventative medicine before and regular veterinary checkups, but there are certainly times in between those regular healthy checkups where your bird must go to the veterinarian because he's showing signs of illness. So unfortunately, a lot of people don't regularly handle their birds like they touch their dogs and cats all the time and if you're petting your dog or cat you might notice that the animal has gotten thinner a little more bony or that it has a lump or a bump or some scab or injury on it unfortunately because people are not necessarily touching their birds as regularly as they're touching their dogs or cats um, they might miss something they might not know that their bird really has a, a problem going on and that is why it's really important to have regular preventative medical care and regular checkups at the veterinarian But there are certainly things that you can look for and monitor at your bird at home um, to know when it's really, really time to go to the vet. So um, first of all, emergencies. Emergencies happen all the time with birds. And in fact, most of the birds that I care for on a regular basis, I've met for the first time because their owners had an emergency, didn't have a a veterinarian to turn to, found me, um, and then ended up coming in for an emergency situation that hopefully we resolve. the bird got better and then the owners realized that you know in talking to me that they really hadn't been having their birds checked regularly so I try to convert those people to you know the regular preventative medical care program that um, I am so passionate about I think it's just so important to make sure that you stay ahead of your birds medical problems but what's an emergency why do I get called in the middle of the night uh, for so many birds Uh, first of all you know breathing difficulty birds Birds are very, very sensitive to things in the air, to respiratory toxins, to pathogens in the air. Um, we know that you should never, ever use Teflon around your bird. It can kill a bird immediately, so no nonstick pans. You shouldn't smoke around your bird. Um, you shouldn't use aerosols around your bird. Unfortunately, a lot of birds are exposed to these things inadvertently by their owners and they have difficulty breathing. Birds also are very sensitive to developing um, bacterial Fungal infections. Fungus lives in dust in our environments and sometimes a lot of dust is kicked up like if we're moving things or cleaning and birds are exposed to that and they can develop respiratory tract infections. So if you see your bird's chest moving in and out rapidly, more than just for a few seconds, um, if you see the bird opening its mouth to breathe, that's an emergency. That's something that cannot wait to be treated. You need to get on the phone, uh, go to your local veterinary hospital that treats birds. That bird may need oxygen, it need, may need medication. Um, so older birds can actually have cardiac or heart problems that cause these signs. So that's not something that can wait, you know, till the next day, particularly if it's a nighttime event um, or an event or something that happens on a weekend where your vet isn't open. So respiratory problems are a big emergency. Um, Bleeding. Bleeding is a big deal in birds. Um, Birds, a lot of tiny birds, don't have a very large blood volume. So even a drop or two of blood from a little budgie, a little parakeet, can be a really significant event. Um, Amazingly, birds have this incredible ability, much more so than mammals, to move blood from um, their organs and their tissues inside their body into their bloodstream. So they can replace uh, blood in their veins and their arteries, uh, moving Around circulating through their body more quickly than mammals can, so that's an incredible adaptation. They also um, have the ability to uh, absorb oxygen from their red blood cells really, really quickly, because remember, they fly for a living, so they have to be able to move oxygen around their bodies really rapidly. That being said, blood loss is still a very, very significant thing in birds. So if your bird has an injury, um, if it knocks into something and it breaks off the tip of its beak and it's bleeding, we know there's a big blood vessel that runs down the center of the beak. And when they chip the tip of the beak, they can bleed, 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 bleed. And it's really kind of scary, it's it's hard to stop. Um, if you're clipping a toenail at home and, and you hit the, the quick or the blood vessel there, they can bleed. Birds also have new feathers that come in those are called blood feathers in that the, the, um, center of the feather that looks like a straw is initially filled with blood. It's the shaft there and as the feather matures and pushes out from the skin, the blood recedes or goes back um, out of the shaft. But initially when that feather is a new feather that pushes right through the skin, it does contain blood. And if the bird breaks or snaps that feather in some way and there's blood there, blood can come pouring out of the feather. Um, So that's another significant way birds can bleed. Sometimes birds will have uh, injuries they'll knock into something or they'll get into a fight with another pet Um, hopefully not a wild animal outside but all kinds of bite wounds all of those things those are emergencies so defects in the skin wounds where there's bleeding um, blood loss is something that has to be stopped immediately in a bird and if you do see your bird bleeding at home yes you want to rush to the vet but you also want to put pressure on that wound or that bleeding feather or that bleeding beak or that bleeding nail Um, I tell people you know just a paper towel and pressure right over the bleeding area. Very, very important. If you can't get a nail to stop bleeding or even the tip of a beak, you can take, um, some candle wax, just melt a candle and put a little, a bead of, of wax over the, the bleeding tip of the beak or over the nail, or even, um, dig the nail into a little bar of soap. Uh, sounds crazy, but in a pinch, um, if you don't have styptic powder, which is the, the, uh, stuff that, you know, when men cut themselves shaving or women cut their legs shaving, uh, We have that styptic powder sometimes you can get in a pharmacy. If you don't have that at home and you need to stop bleeding, pressure is the way to go. Um, Or any of these little little tips and tricks with the soap and the wax. Um, But you certainly, with ongoing bleeding, want to get to the veterinarian right away. Um, Another emergency you want to look for is abnormal neurologic behavior. So if your bird looks like he's having a seizure, if he's flailing, if he's twitching uncontrollably, if his eyes are moving all over the place, if he's falling off his perch and can't stand, any number of things could be happening. It it truly might be a neurologic episode happening. So like a seizure, which is abnormal electrical activity in the brain, Um, or it could be even a fainting episode. We see quite a bit as birds age. Um, something called atherosclerosis which is where cholesterol and triglycerides all those nasty things that our doctors tell us to you know look out for and keep low in our own bodies they build up inside birds blood vessels the same way as they do in ours as we age Um, you know we're supposed to exercise and watch our diet unfortunately a lot of birds sit around in cages their whole lives and they eat a lot of high fat inappropriate uh, nutrient poor diets like seeds um, and nuts which you know occasional treatments of seeds and nuts are fine, but we know that uh, I am a big proponent of pelleted diets and that those are nutrient complete diets. But unfortunately, a lot of birds who are older have been raised on seeds and they do have atherosclerosis or these deposits of uh, cholesterol. We call them plaques inside the arteries and and blood vessels. And those narrow the flow of blood through the blood vessels. So um, when birds' blood pressures go up, like if they're excited about something, sometimes they can't pump blood through those narrowed arteries as quickly as they need to they can't get enough uh, they can't get enough oxygen to their brain and as a result they get hypoxic so they don't get enough oxygen and they pass out they faint so what can look like a seizure is actually a fainting spell We see that quite a bit. In fact, there will be birds who come in for checkups and um, we're just trimming their nails or doing something that causes a little bit of stress in the animal hospital, not a lot, and birds will literally start to faint in my hand. And I'm actually happy when I see that in the hospital because it's, it's a sign that there's a problem going on that we need to address. We need to make sure their diet is good. We need to increase their activity level, their exercise, all the things that we would do to try to deal with a high cholesterol level. So if you're seeing your bird falling, stumbling, passing out, um, looking abnormal neurologically, those are all signs to get to the vet right away as well. Um, if your bird is not eating for more than a day, I mean, birds can be off for a day, but if it's prolonged where they're really not eating, they're not drinking, they're at huge risk of dehydration, um, and weight loss. Birds lose weight very, very quickly, um, when they're not eating and drinking. Their metabolism is very high, much higher than most mammals. And as a result, you know, they burn a lot of calories very quickly, even just sitting in a cage. So if they're not eating and drinking, uh, you do want to bring them to the vet to see what's going on. There's usually some sort of underlying problem. And while your vet is figuring out what the problem might be, he or she can give your bird fluids underneath their skin, um, can actually syringe feed them or feed them through a little tube into their crop, into that outpouching of the esophagus in their neck, and make sure that they have calories and fluid to stay, you know, fighting illness regardless of what's going on as the vet tries to figure out what the problem is and is doing some diagnostic so if your bird is not eating you certainly want to bring that bird to the vet as soon as possible Um, birds will show subtle signs like fluffing up when they fluff up um, they're trapping warm air between their bodies and their skin they're trying to stay warm because they're sick kind of like what we try to do when we have a fever we look kind of ruffled or not right Um, and and if you see a bird you know a lot of times they'll tuck their head underneath their wing Um, they look kind of sick and tired and lethargic those are signs again that you shouldn't wait you should call your veterinarian because if a bird is not able to hide those signs you know remember birds are prey species um, and they try to really really hide signs of illness from uh, predators in the wild otherwise they're going to get eaten so when they can't hide those signs of illness when they do look fluffed up like that when they're tucking their wing underneath uh, tucking their head underneath their wing those are signs our bird is really sick and can't hide those signs anymore so that it's time to go to the veterinarian then too Um, I think those are the the most common emergency signs I see Um, sometimes we'll see birds that vocalize abnormally like crying out Um, and sometimes it seems like that they're doing that involuntarily that they're crying or making a weird sound uh, honking those again can be abnormal neurologic signs sometimes they can be associated with having troubles, troubles breathing but um you know if you see that in your bird as well you probably don't want to wait and, and I guess the take-home message here really is if you're not sure if you're having an emergency with your bird it's much much better to call your veterinarian and hopefully your veterinarian your avian veterinarian has some sort of arrangement set up so that you can reach that veterinarian after hours at night when the office is closed um, so that you can talk to that veterinarian on the phone describe the signs you're seeing hopefully that veterinarian knows your bird well enough to know you know this is nothing uh, you know this is not a big deal or maybe this really is a big deal your bird has never shown signs like that so having that discussion with your veterinarian at the time so that that vet can help you make that judgment call about whether it's time to rush in or not is very important and when you're looking for an avian veterinarian I do think it's extremely important that you ask that person what do I do if I have an emergency is there some sort of facility facility set up where I can reach you in an emergency? Is there a hospital for me to go to if my bird is having an emergency? One of the biggest problems, I think, is that there are very few really trained avian veterinarians in the world in terms of board certification. There are about 125 board certified avian vets in the world. Um, And, you know, all 125 of them can't be working 24-7. I'm one of them, and I know my hospital is open six days a week, but we have to close even on the 7th day you know on Sundays we're closed but we do have an emergency hotline where I or the other two vets in my practice um, take calls we have an answering service that screens our calls to explain to people that this is an emergency hotline and if they feel like they have an emergency they do page us with a text message and I get the information about what kind of bird and what kind of problem and um, then I get the owner's name and phone number and I can then call the owner back so we can talk on the phone and discuss whether it is truly an emergency. I also have a relationship with a local 24-hour hospital in my area that um, I go into and I train the vets there, the emergency vets there, in basic life supportive care for birds. So that means being able to give fluids, um, pain relief to a bird, food, stop bleeding, all the basic things. Um, They're not going to do anything diagnostic at the emergency clinic but at least they can get the bird through to the next morning or the next day when my office is open and we can then take the bird back into our hospital and do the necessary diagnostic tests to figure out what's going on. Unfortunately many many perfectly capable uh, veterinarians who see birds have wonderful care for them during the day when their offices are open but don't think about you know what's gonna happen at night if that bird has an emergency. If it's a dog or a cat you can typically go into any 24-hour facility you don't even need your veterinarian to contact you back and in case of an emergency you know you can go have an assessment at a 24-hour veterinary hospital if you have one near you and there are quite a few now they're fairly commonly found and that emergency veterinarian is uh, well equipped to assess your dog or cat unfortunately the same is not true for birds so you don't want to wait until you have an emergency you want to have this discussion with your veterinarian ahead of time so that when you have that emergency you know what to do you know where to call you know where you can take your bird, um, you have a plan in place. Very, very important question that you ask your veterinarian um, before the emergency occurs. So, you know typically now hopefully the signs that uh, a bird might show at home that would alert you that you need to take that bird into a veterinarian. Um, Besides emergency care, what other services could a good avian veterinarian provide you and your bird? Well, um, certainly grooming. Birds need regular nail trims, um, usually every few weeks to months depending upon what kind of bird, his activity level, like what kind of perches he uses. Sometimes certain perches wear down nails a little more quickly than and others, what kind of diet they're on. Birds that are eating a, a good solid protein diet typically will grow their nails more quickly. So you want to um, be sure that your veterinarian can help you either learn how to trim nails at home or be equipped to do those nail trims f- you know, for you when you bring your bird in. That's something you should discuss with your, your bird veterinarian. Most birds don't need beak trimming. Um, birds beaks are supposed to be sharp and pointy if they're parrots, um, that's why they're called hookbills, and they, um, unless there's a pathology going on, like the bird has had an injury to its beak, it's growing abnormally, um, it has an underlying d- disease, sometimes with liver disease we see abnormal growth of the beak, typically beaks don't need to be trimmed, but that's something that your veterinarian can assess and you can discuss. Um, In terms of wing clipping, um, I am a proponent of wing clipping in in certain situations. I do clip my own bird's wings. Um, There are some cases where it's not appropriate. It's something that you should discuss with your veterinarian clipping wings is like clipping hair Um, yes there are nerves and blood um, at the base of the feather Um, the feather follicles come out from the skin and there's definitely a nerve there a a typical wing trim only involves trimming the very tips of the feathers way away from that nerve birds shouldn't feel uh, the wing clip Um, typically we clip only the outermost five or six feathers different veterinarians do it differently differently, but the outermost, meaning at the very outside, uh, outer aspect of the wings, we don't, want to tri- we don't want to trim too short. If we trim too short, then the bird kind of drops like a bomb and can injure itself. Um, the idea is to trim just enough so that the bird can uh, safely sail to the ground if it's up on a table or on its cage, but not get lift and fly around the room. Now why would we trim wings? Well if you want you know don't, you want to get your bird out of its cage exercising moving around, but you don't want it flying around the room potentially flying into a mirror or a ceiling fan or a window or out a window or a door um, or into the mouth of a dog or a cat or that might jump up on it. those are certainly reasons to trim wings. Um, doing a wing trim is something that you should discuss with your veterinarian. Um, remember that if you do trim your bird's wings, and later on you decide that it wasn't the right decision, wings grow back. Um, It can take weeks to months for all the feathers to grow back, but they do grow back. Um, So it's not a permanent decision. Um, And you should be sure that, you know, you discuss with your veterinarian in advance, you know, what is the bird going to be able to do when I trim its wings or what can't it do? Um... You want to make sure that if there are any new feathers coming in, which we call blood feathers, that have the blood in the shaft of the feathers we described before, that those wing feathers are not trimmed. Certainly if you trim a blood feather, the bird is going to bleed. So you want to be sure that um, whoever's trimming your bird's wings looks for that carefully. I'm not a big fan of leaving the outer Two uh, feathers, the, the most outward feathers on the wing intact and trimming just inside of that. Um, it's a more cosmetic looking thing. It looks prettier when your bird's wings are folded. You can't really even tell that the feathers are trimmed that way, but it still leaves a couple of feathers intact. And if one or two more feathers grow back um, that have been trimmed, and remember they grow back at different rates, your bird could then get lift and start flying. Um, plus, those outermost feathers, if they're not trimmed and they're just sticking out there, they may get get kind of beaten up as the bird moves around the cage because there's no other feathers around them protecting them um, so they may get kind of tattered. So when I trim feathers I do trim all typically five or so of the outermost feathers called the primary feathers. I don't touch the feathers that are closer to the body, kind of closer to the armpit or the wing pit uh, of the bird. And those are called secondary feathers. I also don't trim too short because the shaft of the feather can be a little uh, prickly. And if you trim too short, um, the sort of spiny uh, cut edge of that feather shaft can poke into the bird's body when they fold their wings down. So um, I typically will trim in sort of a curved arc of those outermost primary feathers. Again, there are different ways that different veterinarians do it. This is just my personal preference, but it's something that has worked for me for years and years. I do typically trim both wings and not just one because if you trim one, the bird may actually fly in a circle and, and that sort of defeats the whole purpose of trying to prevent him from flying. Now there are certain indications where we want birds to fly. Um, some people feel very strongly that they do want their birds to be able to fly and flying is great. If your bird can safely fly in your house and you've covered the mirrors and you've made sure all the windows, are closed, um, doors are closed, ceiling fans are off, there are no uh, pots of boiling water, there are no fireplaces or candles lit, um, you know, everything is safe. Then, by all means, if you can get your bird to exercise by flying, that's great for him. I mean, it's it's exercise for that bird just as is, is running is for us. Um, it's something we encourage, but not everyone can set up the situation like that, that it's safe for their bird each time. So if you're going to have your bird outside the cage, or if you're working on training with your bird, you may choose to at least temporarily clip your bird's wings while you're working on the training, while you're setting up a room to be um, bird friendly and safe for exercise size. And when you've done that, you, you know, you can stop the trimming. So a good veterinarian can help you with grooming like that. Um, nail trims, wing trims if necessary. A good veterinarian also should go over nutritional uh, information with your bird and you, um, making sure that your bird is on an appropriate diet. Um, I am a big fan of pellets. I do think, you know, 60-70% of your bird's diet should be uh, pellets. They are nutritionally complete and balanced. Um, you can feed your some produce, some other treats, things like um, a little bit of cooked egg, uh, pasta, a little bit of seed is fine. Um, Anything like that should be less than about, uh, in terms of treats, 10% of your bird's diet. Produce can make up the other percentage, so about two-thirds or so pellets, um, and then a third made up of produce and some treats would be fine in a smaller amount produce that we like to focus on is red, yellow, and orange, uh, vegetables that are high in vitamin A, peppers, carrots, sweet potato, some leafy greens, um, smaller amounts of fruit. Those are all fine too. They provide micronutrients to birds. They're exciting to birds. Um, so, you know, the predominance of the diet should be pellets. Again, different veterinarians may feel differently, but you should have that discussion with your veterinarian about, um, nutrients and what, sh- what kind of diet your bird should be eating, given his stage in life, his activity level, um, you know, whether he's growing, whether um, she's a she and she's producing eggs. Those are all very individual things that you should discuss with your veterinarian who knows your bird. Um, We discussed in a previous podcast, preventative medical care, blood testing, stool testing. Um, This is something you should seek at regular veterinary attention for your bird with. Um, We didn't talk too much about behavior training. That's another thing that is really, really important birds are very smart they um, can be taught to do all kinds of tricks um, saying all kinds of words many parrots are very verbal and can be taught um, language in context so they can be taught their names they can be taught to sing songs whistle those are all things that um, your veterinarian can help you with in terms of learning uh, training how you train a bird to do certain things even certain important things like stepping up onto a hand out of a cage Um, your veterinarian can and guide you into the best ways to do that. Um, so that's behavior training, dealing with behavior issues. A good avian veterinarian can provide that education to you as well. Um, problems that come up as you have your bird things like new people in the house um, a new baby a new pet uh, a move for example if you have to move your home in your bird's cage Um, changing the location of your bird's cage in the house these can all be stressful events for your bird and having a good avian veterinarian to have a discussion with in advance of these events happening to try to minimize stress on your bird very very important so all issues regarding behavior um, should be something that your avian veterinarian is very, very comfortable with. Um, When it comes to travel, birds typically, if they're getting on an airplane, and certainly if they're going to another country, will require a health certificate. Um, The kind of health certificate and the kind of testing that's required really depends on the airline and on the country to which you're traveling. These are things that if you are traveling with your bird, you want to find out in advance. Um, But your veterinarian can certainly provide a health certificate. There are some federally accredited veterinarians who have gone through some U.S. FDA training. I've done that. I'm a federally accredited veterinarian, which means that I can write international health certificates. So I can write a certificate for a bird that is traveling outside the country. Not all avian veterinarians are, um, are accredited in that way. So if you are traveling outside the US, you do need to find a federally accredited veterinarian who can write that kind of health certificate. Um, most uh, veterinarians trained in bird medicine within the US can write health certificates for travel across state lines. So that's something again that if you're traveling with your bird you'll want to seek out the advice of a veterinarian as well. Um, So these are all typical things that you know you want to have conversations with your veterinarian about. Remember that Birds are not machines. They're, they don't stay constant their whole lives. Um, when they're young and they're growing and they're active, they may, may be very mischievous and kind of crazy and hyper. Um, as they get older, they go through sexual maturity, which can bring on some significant behavior changes. Sometimes birds become a little aggressive at that point. Um, they may pick out one person in the family that they bond to and kind of change their behavior, act a little more aggressively to the other people in the family. The <laughs> cat Um, As they get older, they may be a little more sedentary. They may not be able to move around as much because they have arthritis. So birds go through life changes and life stages, just as we people do, as our dogs and our cats do. Interestingly, we recognize that in dogs and cats, and we have all kinds of different nutritional supplements for them, uh, dogs and cats as they age, and we even recognize, you know, that dogs can't necessarily go outside and walk down steps the same way. Well, guess what? Your bird, if your bird is moving around its cage if its food dish is up way high and a perch and it can't climb there as it ages you may need to make some cage adjustments. These are, are things that you should talk through with your avian veterinarian. So looking at the life stages of your bird and having that discussion with a knowledgeable avian veterinarian very very important. This is um, you know something that a good avian veterinarian will recognize and will help you uh, adjust your bird's surroundings, his diet, um, so that he can live happily too as he gets older. Um, We did talk previously a little bit about uh, finding an avian veterinarian. It can be very tough, but there are resources out there like the Association of Avian Veterinarians that can be located at aav.org. If you go on there, you can locate a veterinarian near you just by putting in your geographic location, your zip code, and there are plenty of universities across uh, the U.S. where there are great avian veterinarians. Veterinary schools have many trained avian veterinarians typically teach their students so that's another resource for you. Um, Just remember that you know, birds, as they change, as they age, their nutrition changes, behavior, these are, they're fluid animals. They aren't stagnant and we have to be able to have someone to talk to about these changes. Whether you have an emergency with your bird, um, whether you just have some general questions, you want to find someone who knows your specific bird. You know, with our children, we seek out pediatricians that know us as soon as we walk into the office. They know me, they know my children's names, They know You know, know, my son broke his arm a couple years ago. They know that. They know about the medical health of my children. I would want no less for my bird. Um, if my bird has had an ongoing issue, an injury that can impact his future health, I want a veterinarian who can remember that. I want consistency. I want someone who can follow the health of my bird. And Many of these birds live many, many, many dozens of years. Many of these parrots, these older parrots, larger parrots can live decades and decades. So you do want to have some consistency um, in who you seek medical care from, and you do want to have regular regular preventative medical checkups so that you can stay ahead of medical problems. So don't be afraid to ask your veterinarian a lot of questions. Um, Write those questions down in advance uh, of your visit. Um, No question is stupid. Um, Don't be embarrassed. It's much more important that you ask and you be comfortable with the person caring for your bird um, than waiting and, and being afraid. Um, so talk to your friends. See who your veterinarian, uh, w- see who your friends go to with their birds. Uh, you know, maybe there's a great avian veterinarian near near you that you don't even know about. Um, but veterinary care is very, very important. And again, don't wait till it's an emergency. So I hope this has helped you figure out why and when you need to go to a veterinarian. Um, veterinary medicine is a, has advanced tremendously in the past few years with birds. Um, and I hope that you're taking your birds in regularly. Um, remember that when you're listening to Zoonation Nation throughout these episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we're going to have posts before every show where you can actually ask me questions um, about your specific bird to answer on the show. Uh, and you'll also see some sneak peeks to episodes you may have missed there as well. So don't forget, if you have any questions, feel free to contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at Zupreme.com. I'm Dr. Lori Hess, and thank you so much again for listening to Zoo Nation.
0: Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Supreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us.